no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Barry Sentience. We are a Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we break down the best first round options for the Bears and much more. Hey, Dub, what's the good word, fam? Everything is all good over here, Perez. How about you, man? I'm not hungover, man, from uh, from yesterday, from hanging out, man. So I'm good. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> Same here, my brother. Same here, man. <laughs> it was good times chopping it up and catching up, man. And audience, it's, it's funny that A-Dub and I have been doing this show all these weeks. And I've probably seen him maybe like two or three times this whole time we've done the show. So it was kind of good catching up with my brother there. Yes, sir, man. It's a pleasure hanging out with you, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, man, how's everything going with work, man? Has things kind of slowed down with all this COVID stuff that's going on, or has it been busier for you? It's been busier for all of us uh, related to that COVID stuff, man, because the cases have actually gone up pretty much all over, but definitely a few states have been hit harder than others. Mm -hmm. So uh, you think it'd be slowing down at this point due to the vaccine, but unfortunately, it's kind of like a time frame when people got a little careless. That's interesting even here, man, just because I know you talked about probably, what, maybe a month or so ago, you were saying how, you were working those 12, 14-hour days. You need to take kind of some time away. Are you feeling like you need to get some time off again? Oh, yeah. I need some time off again, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even lie. That's crazy. So it's like, it's, it's kind of we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum here. So for you, you're like working like the crazy shifts and things are kind of starting to shift downward for me. Like meaning uh, the crazy, busy stuff that I was dealing with, like in Q1, it's kind of been mm-hmm. a little quiet so far. So, like, it's it's been it's been eerily quiet, actually. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Let's get into some of this news with our on our squad here, man. So, we got Cordell Patterson. We talked about him a lot in this offseason. We finally got the news that he left for the Falcons. What do you think about that? And I tell you, the one thing I was going to say is I'm gonna miss the guy, but. I mean, he only signed for $3 million, but what were your thoughts there on that move for him to leave to go to Atlanta? Well, it showed, due to all the moves we made, we didn't have any money for him. And I'm happy for him, right, getting somewhere and signing with a place that he's probably going to be comfortable with going to the Falcons. But for us, it's like, well, how much value do we see in that particular position, you know, due to all these touchbacks and the rules that have changed over the years, right, in that position. And we wonder how much we needed him, right, to our team. But for $3 million, it's a shocker for me because I want—I thought we would have been able to afford him on a $3 million deal for a year. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a hell of a point because he was at a $5 million annual clip with his prior deal with the Bears. So you would have thought, hey, $3 million kind of comes in a little bit more team-friendly. To your point, I do think that that kickoff return position has been devalued a bit with the rule changes in the league. So great returner, awesome guy, man. And he when you think about the culture of your football team, you can't have enough guys like Cordell Patterson on that team. So I think in that aspect, we're going to miss him. 
the field position aspect, we're going to miss him. Right. And I'm going to miss, man, his how about the Bears when he do at the end of those games, man. That, that shit was kind of dope to me. So I'm going to miss that <laughs> as well. He's a very good locker room guy, too. A good team player. You, you love a guy like that, man. So, um, yeah, you're going to miss him for sure. I know I am for sure. And not to mention, man, we just lost the best GM that we had. So, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we definitely did. Because he used to shoot his shot at every free agent, man, on Twitter. That shit used to have me dying, bro. Hey, me too, man. I said, look, this guy, he's scouting. He, I mean, he's already uh, backing up his teammates. Hey, sign this guy. Sign that guy. Yep. Hey, so I like that. So we'll see what happens there with that position. But, hey, all the best to you, Corderell, and Atlanta. We appreciate everything you've done here. And one other thing, the next time he gets a kickoff return touchdown, A-Dub, he's going to own the NFL record. So we'll see what happens next season for Corderell and, and Atlanta. That won't shock me at all, Press, but it'll be salute to him for, you know, breaking the record. But that's all we can do is congratulate him, congratulate him from a distance. We'll see if he gets some opportunities. Because like you said, with the, the kickoff rule, a lot of times, man, these guys got to take that shit out from like eight, nine yards back in the, in the end zone. So we'll, <laughs> right. we'll see. <laughs> exactly. We'll see, man. One thing that I wanted to bring up that I really liked from this week was the, the Bears acquisition of Marquise Goodwin. So we got him on a one-year deal. The terms were undisclosed, but I want to get your thoughts on this signing before I go in on it, but really like the signing. What this does tells us is, because um, I think Goodwin opted out, right, from last year due to COVID. He so did. he opted out. So I yeah. understand that. No issues there. But he's about 30 years old. Still think he got a lot left in the tank. I like his speed. I like when he go one-on-one, man, because he has that quick first step to where he can get open. So I did like to pick up from that standpoint. It also lets us know that they're still trying to shot Miller, right? Because if you have Goodwin on one side, you have A-Rod on one side, most likely probably going to have Mooney at the sea a lot of the slot. So that's why I think it's probably going to happen there to where they're trying to get rid of Miller and, and move on from that point of view. But I think with having him, the guy, man, his speed, I like his speed. You have him and Mooney, speed out there. That's a, man, that's, that's a lethal weapon out there. So I will take it. From the standpoint of just speed aspect, you're correct. He brings that to the to the ball club. And a lot of people probably don't even realize, but he represented the United States in the Olympics back in 2012. So the mm-hmm. guy has world-class speed. You brought up a point with the fact that he's joining the receiver group where we have Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. So I think those are our top two guys. We still don't know what's going to happen with Miller. So I still right. think you could plug Miller into that slot role for now. But I think if Miller ends up getting traded, I think you could probably even see Goodwin be either being a three or a four. So mm-hmm. I think this move was good, the fact that it shored up some depth, because in this offseason, I've talked about the fact that outside of Robinson and Moody, we really didn't have a lot of depth in that wide receiver room. This position move here was one that I like just from a depth standpoint. The speed aspect, that's huge, man, because now he's going to be able to match up that type of speed with Darnell Moody. And that brings an element on this offense that a lot of teams don't have with that wide receiver position. So I think this is going to be a nice rotational guy to have on the team. The only thing with this one, A-Dub, that concerns me is health-wise. If he can stay yes. healthy, I think we'll be good. Yeah, and then, like you hit on point, you know, I, I won't be surprised if we keep Miller because you're right. You don't know for sure how healthy this guy's going to be. So that's one thing you always worry about with Goodwin. But the other thing I said about Goodwin as well, he's going to have to change that damn number. <laughs> So uh, he, he ain't come to Chicago number 11. He, he, he can kill all that. <laughs> I love it. I knew that was coming. Straight up, man. And we already don't got that judge here already. What's his name? Money Moon, baby. Money Moon. <laughs> there you the go. bank is open. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, so he's definitely going to have to change that number up. But the one thing, though, is I think 
this signing of Goodwin is going to basically do to the Bears office what they thought it was going to happen last year when they signed Ted Ginn Jr., which was the worst signing ever. But yes. I think that's what they're thinking that they're going to get with this Goodwin mm-hmm. signing. So we'll definitely see what happens there. Yeah, and it also gives us a way out as well. Again, if they still have to keep Miller and he's not performing well, well, we got Goodwin, we got Money Moon, we, we have, um, you know, A-Rob. That's a good core, I think, um, in itself. So, and then you also got the tight ends that, that, that does well. So you, you got some weapons out there still, even if Miller, you know, decides to not act right if we keep him. I think it's a good insurance policy just in case either way. But the one thing that I want our listeners to think of when it comes to this signing, though, I think that the Bears will still probably look to add a receiver in the NFL draft next week. There's mm-hmm. so many talented receivers in this draft. We've talked about a lot of them on the show this offseason. So I think there's an opportunity for us to be able to land another little hit gym like we got at Darnell Moody last year in the draft. So we'll see what happens there. But I don't think that this ends the Bears' quest to improve and upgrade this wide receiver group. Yeah, you make a good point there. And I think you're right. We're still going to need a wide receiver. And another thing I think about as well, Perez, we got guys on one-year deals. I mean, good one, one-year deal, right? A-Rob's on a one-year deal. We really don't know what's going to happen there. We really don't. I mean, at this point, we really don't know. So uh, with that, you might be logical to definitely go with the wide receiver in the draft. Absolutely, fam. Absolutely. One piece of news that I just wanted to just rip the Band-Aid off that came out this week was the punky QB, Jim McMahon. <laughs> he went on a local Chicago sports show and had some really strong criticisms for the team, eh, Doug? So my man basically said, that the Green Bay Packers were the best organization he ever played for. And he went on to say that quarterbacks go to die in Chicago. Not <laughs> in, in addition, that ain't even it. If that wasn't enough, he did goes on to say that it was a typical Bears draft move when they traded up to pick Mitch Trubisky. We got a lot to unpack with this one. A-Dub, I want to get your thoughts, but I got a lot to say on this one. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, when, when you get Jim McMahon on anybody's show, man, it's always going to be funny and hilarious at the same time. But I also understand that he's also speaking from his own point of view, right? From his experience dealing with the Bears. And we all know Jim McMahon, how he ended with the Bears. Things didn't go well between him and Mike Dicka, mm-hmm. uh, the organization. We, we get it, right? There were some issues there, right? Some concerns there, some pulling back, some fighting between that organization and him. So I get his point of view. The Packers may have treated him well, whatever, who cares? But that's, you flirt with the enemy, man. You got a problem with that. But anyhow, we know that over the years, the Bears have not done a great job with our quarterback position. We know that already. Quarterbacks that come here have not been successful. We definitely know that. I mean, the best we've seen since him probably has been Cutler. And that's not a good thing either. It's not saying that's a very right. big thing, but that's what we've gotten, right? So for his perspective, I totally can get it. He understands that the tradition of the Bears has been defense and the running back. So that part of it, I give him a pass when I say, well, you're going to say that the, the, the quarterback's coming to die. I, I get your point because, again, we have relied heavily on defense and, and um, running back has been our thing for so many years. So I get that culturally found in that area. But <laughs> the other part of it is that, hey, I don't care what it is. You don't need to be one of one to sing. <laughs> you should be the one to sing. <laughs> you Jim McMahon. You want a Super Bowl with us, man. We don't need you to say that, you know? But I get he still has some bitterness to what happened with him in the organization back in the day. So I'm not mad at him for that bitterness, but you thought all these years he had gotten over it. But apparently there's still some, um, some some wounds that still need to be healed with that. But the game has changed over the years with, with, uh, with offense. And I think he mentioned some things about how the offense is played now to where I was when he was playing. Uh, we didn't have a lot of weapons like that. The offense is more geared towards running. So things have changed, right, from an offensive perspective now, where you see that the Bears have a lot of weapons. And he's like, well, even still with that, the Bears quarterbacks are came to die because somehow we just haven't having a, a good tradition of being able to grow and develop quarterbacks over time, Frank. 
One thing that I want to say, Dub, because I, I think you kind of sum up what a lot of us probably felt about the situation. I, when I looked at it, I said, he's actually not wrong at all in what he said. Right. In my opinion, truth hurts. So right. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, damn, that shit hit hard, right? <laughs> but he didn't right. tell any lies, you know? I mean, he called the spade a spade, right? I respect what Jim McMahon did as a bear. I'm never going to disrespect him on this show. And I even say this a lot of times to you, A-Dub. If he was able to stay healthy, we probably would have won at least three uh, Super Bowls, in my opinion, with that team that we had. That defense? Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I agree with Jim McMahon said, though, is it's embarrassing what this ownership group and what our management team has done with this franchise. It's, it's just been a joke. I think as a fan base, they just haven't kept us first and foremost in a lot of des- decisions that they make. And sometimes it kind of feels like it's just a big cash cow for them and they're not really concerned about winning. So in that case, I can maybe see why he made his comment about the Packers organization. But I'm going to pull back on one little thing real quick. If Jim McMahon felt this kind of way, then why is it that when he was with the Packers A-Dub, when he won the Super Bowl with them, but when they went to the White House, why did he wear a Bears jersey? Right. I just want our listeners to think about that. If you think that that organization was the end-all, be-all, why was you rocking a Bears jersey when you were with the Packers at the White House? I'm not buying that. <laughs> right, right. He brought some uh, some lame. I, I'm not call it. I'm not gonna call it lame, but he brought some kind of excuse with those guys on doing an interview about the fact that when the Bears actually won, we couldn't go to the White House or something like that. So he wanted to support to show that hey, now we're able to go to the White House. He wanted to bring his Bears jersey because that's where when he won with the team, I guess, to show that hey, we didn't that we missed that opportunity. So something along those lines. I don't. I'm not quoting quite accurately like that, but it was kind of sound up in that way, Prince. Okay. And, and, and he is correct with that because when the Bears were scheduled to go to the White House, that was around that Challenger crash and that visit was actually canceled. So you remember they ended up going years later under the Obama administration. Yeah. And he didn't go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I just want to make sure we get that point out there. But no, good what, point. But one thing that I want our fan base to think about is the fact that this we got to look beyond our Navy and Blue viewpoint, right? Because we're all diehard fans, right? And we heard that and we're like, fuck the Packers. Well, guess what? Still fuck the Packers. But right, we got to look at this thing organizationally. And you got to see how we really match up and care pair against some of these strongly run organizations in the NFL. And we just don't match up there. We got to look at the history of this quarterback position in this franchise. And as A-Dub mentioned, we don't match up well with these other teams. Now, I was at that Bears 100 event in Rosemont, A-Dub, and I saw the panel where Jim McMahon was on the panel with Mitch Trubisky. Not only did Jim McMahon basically tear down the organization, but he kind of took a little bit of a shot at Mitch, right? Right. Now, when they shared the stage together, Jim McMahon was very complimentary of Mitch. He gave Mitch a headband, and he seemed like he was cool. So my whole thing is, if hey, if you felt that kind of way, Man, you didn't have that energy on the stage that day. The last point that I have on this, A-Dub, is Jim McMahon. Do you remember who basically ended your season when a cheap shot hit? Do you remember what team that person played for? It was right, the Packers. Right. That was the <laughs> dirtiest hit in NFL history, and it happened to you, and it derailed our season. I'm not going to slander him, A-Dub, but all I'm going to say to this, Jim McMahon, if you're listening to this show, I think you need to be thankful that you had, you had Walter Payton to hand the football off to, and that you had the best defense in the history of this league playing with you. Right. I just think you need to be careful with your words. 
Appreciate your time here. Understand that this fan base rocked with you because some people will call you the Mr. Trubisky of the 80s, Jim McMahon. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> they could, man. But I am I am tired of him taking shots at the Bears, though. I get right how you felt. Things didn't go well, how it ended. Okay. But you got a chip out of all this, really. And you're right, Paris. We probably could have got more had things worked out from a health standpoint, et cetera. But, dude, at this point, this is 2021, Perez. Hey, man, right. enough of the ding on the Bears, man. Let that go, man. Let it go. What gets me, though, Perez, ego and talking about the Packers, the best organization. You know who our biggest rivalry is, dude? He don't. <laughs> hey, he hey, don't. don't. Don't go there, man. Don't, don't start talking about no Packers, man, us, man, because we ain't trying to hear all that, bro. <laughs> We're not yeah. trying to hear that, man. I don't care who it's coming from. Jim oh. McMahon, hey, look, you better chill, man, on that part. <laughs> Fuck the Packers. That's it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. But I do hear your point, Perez. A lot of things you already made on that, man. But yeah, Jim McMahon, got to let it go, bro. Got to. Yeah. Just let the shit go. Because we we even heard in the past with Moose and Muhammad when he went off and said Chicago is where receivers go to die. And I'm sitting up here like, boy, it's some salty motherfuckers out here, man. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and Moose, Moose acted like he came here. He was Jerry Rice. Moose, you didn't do shit out here, son. No, he didn't, man. When looking for an excuse, that's what he's looking for at this point. <laughs> and I get it. Okay, fine. You can say, oh, man, my quarterback was Rex Grossman and my quarterback was Kyle Ward. Okay, good. Sounds good. But guess what? They paid you a lot of money to come here. You was a glorified possession receiver, bro. The fuck right. out of my face. Exactly. So, I just don't like that bitter stuff, man. Like, when an organization brings you in here, give, the fan base, we treated both of these guys, and we still do. Think about with Jim McNair. He still gets paid uh, radio appearances in this town. He probably can still get endorsement deals, you know, for like little smaller companies. So he still has opportunities to make money in this city because right, right. of his time in Chicago. As the fans, we treat him very well. I mean, I know every time I hear him talk, you know, until you say something slick. <laughs> 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 but we have always treated him with the utmost respect, man, from winning the Super Bowl here, you know. And I think uh, he needs to realize that, hey, man, don't nothing with the personal attack. And I get you and the organization got some things to fix that have not been fixed over these years, but damn, you know, you got Dicker, you and Dicker. <laughs> you see how that? <laughs> and then you got the organization. Dicker's not even here anymore, but I'm just saying, like, dude, you got some real issues, man. Work that out, and we can move forward, hopefully, in some kind of way. You brought up a really good point there, because Dicker, man, a lot of them former guys on that team take shots at him, boy, every chance they get. <laughs> yeah, they do, man. <laughs> man, every chance, man. But no, so that, that was really interesting. It came out of the week. And as a fan base, I get where he was coming from. I just yeah. don't want to hear the love for the Packers. That fuck right. them. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. We we level with them when he talked about the quarterback situation. Okay, I can understand that. I really can. Yeah. Um, it's something we, we all have said as fans. Be careful what else you say after that. <laughs> yeah. Because at the same time, I understand, as I mentioned before, I understand where this organization has fallen short when it comes to, you know, other teams in the league. The truth hurts. It, it, it doesn't feel good to hear that from one of your revered players. But at the same time, I just feel like, man, time and place, bro. Time and place. Like, this is 2021. Like, come on, let it go. <laughs> let's let it let go. It go. <laughs> let's move on. Exactly. Let it go. And let's move on, man. So, yeah, speaking of uh, letting it go, it sounds like uh, – the Chicago Bears, as a majority of their team, A-Dub, has decided to opt out of some of those in-person workouts. So we talked about in some of our previous episodes how this off-season program, I think the NFL was hoping to kick things off on Monday and that there was going to be a component of this off-season program where there were going to be in-person workouts. So the Bears, this past week, basically have become the latest team 
that said, hey, we're going to steer away from that voluntary portion of those workouts. And they issued a statement Thursday. What were your thoughts there when you look at that? Because when I saw that, I said, wow. I said, a lot of these players, man, they don't feel that these workouts in person probably are necessary because look at last year, the majority, I think the whole offseason program was all virtual. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if these guys are going to be pushing for that to happen going forward. But what were your thoughts when you saw that the Bears basically opted out of that voluntary portion of the program? I wasn't surprised, Prez, because I think uh, you and I kind of spoke on this a little bit earlier. But with COVID, man, with the spike in it going up and people are getting hit with that, it it, it, it kind of went crazy for a while, man, with Kobe's past couple weeks. It it brought a, a concern from players like, whoa, I don't think we need to be, you know, interacting together just yet after all that happened, even though with the vaccine came out. But you wonder, right? And I think players want to be com- be careful, want to be comfortable. They don't want to be missing games due to COVID and things of that nature. So they're worried about their own safety and their own health. And I totally get that part of it. So with them opting out, wasn't quite surprising. You know what, Press? I think probably more players will probably do the same thing and opt out for now because of, you know, the risk. Well, so one of the things we saw, we saw the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Bucks, the Lions, the Patriots, mm-hmm. were some other teams that basically made similar type of statements about doing that in-person aspect of the program. One of the things that I wanted to get your thoughts on in regards to this whole thing was I saw where the NFL said that they were going to make every effort to have the COVID-19 vaccine available for players, staff, and their families. Right. What do you think, I guess, is the player's concern now? If they're going to have access to the vaccine, then what do you think that their concerns may be after that? Because if they've already been told that and these teams are opting out, what do you think the disconnect is? You saw, we may have heard, and I hate to go this route, though, you may have heard about the Johnson Johnson vaccine, right? With people catching blood clots from that. So that might have scared some people away from, okay, who's actually giving us the vaccination? Is it on Pfizer? Who's it coming from, right? At this mm-hmm. point, they're like, okay, well, do I want to take the shot right now, right? Do I want to give it more time, you know? And sometimes people want to wait it out, right? To make sure, you know, from a mental standpoint, I want to make sure it continues to go as well before I get the shot. And then two, that you're kind of protected. So even still, you get the shot, you got two more weeks to wait to really feel like you're fully vaccinated to where you probably won't get too much immune to catching the um, the virus, um, the COVID. So that's what people are concerned about as well, that even after that, take it, I still got a few more weeks to wait. You put all those things together, you're kind of like, ah, maybe I want to back out, maybe I want to wait. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair point. I, I do know with the whole Johnson & Johnson situation with the blood clots, even though it was a small number of people that yeah. got that, I think it was still something that alarmed a lot of people. And so, mm-hmm. no, that's a really fair point. I think what I think of this whole situation with these off-season workouts, I just think it may be a situation where these players, they're just probably like, look, we saw that this shit happened last year. We didn't have to come in. We did everything virtually. We were Mm -hmm. good. Maybe a lot of these players are like, look, if it ain't broke, why try to fix it? Like, let us do what we did last time around. I compare it to no different than my workplace right now. Right. Virtual since February 2020. And to be honest with you, if they gave me a choice of going back in the office or staying at home and working, I'm going to stay at home and work. Right, right. Even a good point with that, Press, because guess, like you said about last season, it worked out well for those guys. A lot of guys still did well. They got, got on the field. They done well. They, they produced. So guess what? It didn't hinder me from being effective, right, on the mm-hmm. field. So mm-hmm. guess what? <laughs> why change it? That's just another option. I can come in or I can not come in, right? So why remove the option right now if it's not, you know, causing any hindrance to us as players? So if it's not causing any hindrance, hindrance, I think it's okay for us. You ask me to, hey, 
opt out as well. So I think what your, your point of view is more valid than mine <laughs> because uh, I totally get it. If that's their reason behind it, I can understand that as well. Now, one thing, A-Dub, that kind of concerned me and I wanted to see what you thought on this, I saw something where it said that the NFL also informed teams that if they had any team employee who refused to get vaccinated, they would lose their tier one or tier two status that they call it. And what that basically means is that would limit their access within the facilities and prohibit them from working directly with the players. So it seems like almost in a way they're going to be a little heavy handed with team employees and their access. Wow. So it's more like mandatory kind of a thing they have to do from that perspective, right? Getting the vaccination. If they want to be around the facility or if they want to work with the, the players on the team. Right, right. So you might get some mixed feelings with that, right? That's going to be an interesting situation there, Perez, to see what coaches do around that. So that's, that's, that's a big point there, man. And you just don't know, right? Everyone feels differently about getting vaccinated. So we'll see what the majority of them do, especially on the Bears. Me as a fan, and when I look at this team objectively, I'm looking at this whole situation and I say, after what you guys did last season, you guys would totally benefit from a football standpoint by having some of that on-field participation, I think, in the program, especially mm-hmm. in the spring and especially during that early summertime. Think about this, A-Dub. We got a new starting quarterback. Sean Desai, this is going to be his first season as the defensive coordinator. So now yeah. he's going to be trying to install his version of the Fangio defense into what we're doing with the team here, teaching the system, implementing the system, working in new players. All these things are going to be coming into the mix here. And I think not having that time to kind of get those things out on the field, I think that could kind of count against the team or work against the team. What, what do you think there? Interesting perspective there. Actually, it, it kind of puts you in a situation where you're like, okay, what's going to happen? You really don't know how to handle that part. You really don't, press. I can't really identify how to handle that at this point. That's just kind of the way I see it. I, I get the players. They want to protect themselves. They, they want to be safe. But then the football aspect of things that says that on-field preparation can only make you better. Yeah. You know, we were an 8-8 team last year. So, you know what, man? That part of the field, when you got new coaches coming to your team, that part of working with the players, hands-on, getting a really good eye for everything is very important for the camaraderie of the team. If you don't have that press, you got guys learning things on the job, right? That puts so much pressure on your coaching staff. It puts so much pressure on your training, right? It puts so much pressure on your uh, preparation of watching video, watch all those things. And watching video and actually doing it are two different things. And also doing it collectively is different. So if you have minimal time frame with that, friends, that hurts, man. It really does hurt. So with all our coaching staffs, again, a lot of coaching staff we had this year coming on board, that we need that hands-on. We really do. That part does matter, friends, big time. I think the point of all the new coaches that have joined the staff new systems that are going to be put in place. So those are just some of the things that I think about with this. So this will be worth monitoring, uh, A-Dub, to see how things go with this. But when we see these number of teams that are are starting to opt out of this, it just makes you wonder, like, man, what the hell? What's going on here? (laughs) Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's it's concerning, though, Perez. The thing is, you want to make sure your coaches are set up for success. It's hard to set them up for success under those circumstances, though. It really is. Yep. So we'll see, because also in that statement, A-Dub, it said that, a majority of the players said that they wouldn't show up. But mm-hmm. that doesn't say that all players. So we'll see which players actually decide to show up to Hallis Hall in the, next, <laughs> in the upcoming weeks and months ahead. So we'll see. I, I hope the starters show up. That's what I hope. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Speaking of showing up, 
The one thing that kind of cracked me up this week, A-Dub, was Matt Nagy's presence at Justin Fields' second workout slash pro day. Mm. And so when I saw that, I said, man, what's Matthew doing out there? <laughs> what do you yeah. think about that one? Nagy has a good, I think in a way, a decent understanding of what decent quarterbacks look like, pretty good quarterbacks look like. So just seeing him out there scout, looking at guys, you know, um, you heard about the Bears already scout other guys. I think they looked at um, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. I believe he was also scouted by the Bears. But it just shows that, hey, Nagy wants to get involved and, you know, scout some of these quarterbacks. And this is a good time for him to do so. So I thought it was pretty cool to see him out there, man, no doubt. Probably giving his take and seeing what he's looking for in the quarterback. So the one thing that kind of interests me with that whole thing with Nagy showing up there is the Bears weren't on the list of teams that basically the league announced that were present at the workout. Mm -hmm. Also, Matt Nagy didn't have any sort of Bears gear on at all when he was uh, watching that workout. Now, he did have his name tag that had his name on it, but I wondered, was he trying to be like nondescript at this workout? Was he trying to just blend in? Did he not want people to know that he was there? That was part was kind of interesting. I was like mm. wondering if they were trying to do like some undercover thing and his cover got blown because those pictures came out on the Ohio State football's uh, Twitter account. That's a good thinking, man. With that standpoint, he went in, you know, probably, I mean, did, did Justin Fields know? I mean, did Fields know he was there? Probably not, right? Probably didn't realize that it was him. Maybe he didn't realize it until afterwards, right? I mean, that could have been a part of it too, Fred. But you're right. That's a good take you have on it. Who all knew that that was particularly natty other than people who let him on the field, right? And I can't say for sure that Justin Fields knew that, hey, a Chicago Bear was actually out there scouting. Province, everything came out. Well, I'll just say this. Nagy was the only person from the organization that attended the uh, that pro day. Right. And I wondered, what the heck is going on? What What's he doing there? First of all, <laughs> I just compare him being at that pro day to me pulling up to window shop at a Maserati dealership. It just kind of seems like a tease, unless Pace has something up his sleeve. And that's what I wonder are they doing something here, or is this this due diligence, A-Dub? That's what I'm wondering. You know what, Press? It's part of due diligence, and you never know, man. When it comes down to Pace, man, moving up in the draft is not out the ram of, of a thought process. We've seen Pace move up in the draft before. And I'm not saying he doesn't have anything. I'm not saying he does. But it would not shock me they can move up to somewhere in the top 15. And we've heard about, right, you heard about Mac Jones possibly going to the 49ers, right? So that means a guy like Justin Fields may drop down a little bit further on the toll, right? And is he available for the Bears to move up in the draft? Who knows if that's on the table? But again, it's something you always ponder, Perez, when it comes out of Ryan Pace. What he got, like you said, what he got up his sleeve? Ooh, I, I man, I, I think <laughs> we we could we could see a situation where Fields drops a little bit, and the Bears would definitely have to trade up. I don't know in that fifteen range, it probably had to be in the top ten. I don't know, but the one thing I would just say. As I wondered, when I saw Nagy in that picture, I was thinking to myself, I wonder what's going through his mind right now. I wonder if he was wondering, like, man, why did my boss send me here? What, 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 what are we doing? What's the plan? Right, right. Because, as you mentioned, it could have been due diligence, or it could be a sign that maybe Pace has a move. Maybe he has something up his sleeve that he's trying to do. Maybe they're interested in fields. We don't know. Because we also know that Pace has gone on to say, in press conferences that he wasn't going to rule out selecting another quarterback in the draft, even after they signed Dalton. So right. we don't know what's going to happen there. And to the point that you made earlier, we know Pace isn't afraid to trade up in drafts. He's not afraid to give up draft capital. We know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And to me, you know, uh, there are some good quarterbacks in this draft class. So to trade up to get one of them, 
you might be in a good situation if you're able to land a guy like, you know, um, Justin Fields. But we'll see what that price tag looks like if he was to move up, right? What are we giving up? What are we sacrificing to do that? So that's the other part of it, right, Fred? Like, hey, what are we giving up here <laughs> to make these moves? So but we don't know. We got to wait and see. I'm not going to rule anything out. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You want to know what that price tag would be like. That shit going to be a pretty penny. You saw, what the, <laughs> you saw what the Niners gave up? For us to move from 20 to anywhere in that draft that we could draft one of these elite quarterbacks, it's going to cost a lot. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. With a guy like Pace, you just don't know, man. <laughs> you just don't know what else, man, because this guy's not afraid to gamble. I'll tell you that one. They gamble on any damn thing at this point, but he's not afraid to do so. And um, it just wouldn't shock me. That's all, Press. Now, if we able to land somebody later down the road, whatever, that's cool. But we just don't know what Pace, what he might do. That's true. So, yeah, that was just interesting to see him there. We'll see what happens with that situation. The session was closed off to the media, but there were some really good clips that basically came out. And I would say this from Justin Fields, and I do agree with Montel Hardy, who was on our show last week, when he was very high on Justin Fields. He basically had him rated higher than, than Trevor Lawrence. I'm not that high on him, but I do think that he's probably, in my opinion, probably the second best quarterback in this draft, from what I see. Because when I was watching some of those clips that came out, A-Dub, he made another one of those 60-plus yard throws on the move. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, God damn, this kid's got a fucking arm on him. Because when he did that in his first pro day, that video clip went over all over the damn internet. And he did it again in this session here, the second one when Nagy was at. When I see a guy like this, Justin Fields, I'm like, man, he's got a ton of talent. Very, very much someone that I would love to come to Chicago. So if they did make a move to trade up, I wouldn't be upset about it one damn bit. No, I'm with you, Perez, on that part, man, because um, you're right, man. He does have a load of talent. He really does. And I think one thing you always question with quarterbacks is decision-making, and that's hard to critique, really, when you're doing a pro day. You really can't tell all that part of it with them. But talent-wise, you know it's there. Mobility, you know it's there. The arm strength, you know it's there, right? All Now it comes down to, okay, what can you do? Can you make quick reads? Can you make quick passes? Those things, that all come to play. And that's one thing you try to figure out as a GM, you know, um, when you're making these decisions or as, you know, um, coach, right? You're making these decisions, you're part of the process. So with him, I'm not questioning anything about talent-wise. It is there. And that's why you may have heard about other guys like Mac Jones from other people, right, who are talking about other quarterbacks. But Justin Fields, this guy's pretty good, man. And, and I'll I tell you one thing. We have to get chance to, to get him press. I'm all for the Bears getting him if we can get him. So one thing that you brought up in this conversation, you brought up the name Kyle Shanahan, and you mentioned that he was in attendance. So yes, we also know that the Niners moved up to three in the draft. Now, yes. they've, been, they've been linked to Mac Jones, but also – we have a situation here in this pro day that Justin Fields basically were doing drills and throws that the Niners and Kyle Shanahan uses in those San Francisco 49ers practices. So uh-huh. this workout, in essence, was tailored around showing Kyle Shanahan firsthand how he basically makes some of the throws that Kyle Shanahan likes his quarterbacks to make. So I thought that was a great use of the, the pro day by uh-huh. Justin Fields, to be able to show him firsthand, this is how I would run your drills, and this is how I make the throws that you want to see in the quarterback. That's good, man. That is good. That means pretty much Coach Kyle is putting everything right here on the line with this quarterback situation, uh, Press. That's what that means. He may be looking for a starter, someone looking to start right away. Who knows, right? As far as sitting on the bench for a year or so, I don't think that's what Kyle Shanahan is looking at. I think Kyle's probably going to have someone to take over right away at, at some point of the season. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely see there. But 
I really like seeing Justin Fields making that move because we also saw that Mac Jones, the reason why he was so impressive to people in his pro day was he did a lot of those boot actions and he made a lot of those throws mm-hmm. in the run because he was basically trying to display his athleticism. And I think right. that's why he's moving up the draft boards as well. So I think Justin Fields made a really good counter here in the second workout to try to get his name back out there, get his name back in that conversation, maybe at three. So we'll definitely see there. We'll see what the Bears do. But I was just really interested seeing Nagy at that workout. I was really surprised to see him at that workout, to be honest with you. Yeah, and maybe he's probably also trying to see where Kyle Shanahan's head is at. Hey, Wardy, who are you looking at drafting? <laughs> who are you trying to get? So that lets us know what, what we have left on the table, right? Because before, you know, we got tricked into Mr. Trubisky. <laughs> I think Nagy's probably trying to get a good feel of where these guys are at and what particular quarterback they really have their eye on uh, versus the other. And trying to see, you know, what, what we want to explore our options at when it comes down to a quarterback standpoint with these top QBs in this draft. I'll just say this, man. I, I don't want to fucking have any sort of conversations with the Niners when it comes to drafting. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with that after what happened to us the last time. So he don't need to be talking to Shanahan about shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just went in and ask some questions. You know, I don't know, friends. <laughs> but he started asking a lot of questions. And Kyle Shanahan probably gave him a little few things or so. Shit, for all we know, Matt Nagy could have been down at Ohio State trying to uh, get some visibility with that head coach down there. So when he gets fired by the uh, the Bears after the end of the season, he'll have an offensive coordinator job waiting for him. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> could be another option right there for him, right? Looking out for his self-interest. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, killer, two birds with one stone. Yeah, I'm going to check out this quarterback, but I'm also going to talk to you, man, because, yeah, offensive coordinator role wouldn't be bad at Ohio State University, you know, so we'll see. <laughs> right, you never know. You never know. <laughs> uh, and I say that in, in just uh, audience, but you never know in this in this league and, and, and the way football works out sometimes. So we'll see what happens there with Matt Nagy, and we'll also see what happens with Justin Fields. Absolutely. All right, A-Dub, so let's get to the nuts and bolts of the episode here. So, audience, what we want to do here is we want to just basically – give out some names of some players that we think could be potential options for the Bears in the first round at number 20 if they don't trade up. So this scenario was with the Bears staying at 20. So one of the first names I wanted to get your thoughts on, A-Dub, was Tevin Jenkins. So that was Hmm. the player that Montel Hardy and even uh, we had John Chapman on the show, they both were very high on Tevin. What would you think about him being brought in at 20 if he came to the Bears? Prez, I have no issues with that. You already know that's one of our issues we have on the offensive line already is that offensive tackle. This guy from Oklahoma State did a very good job for those guys. He's somebody I think are probably ready to play at this point right now. Of course, they may make him wait a few t- few games, whatever, but I think a guy like him is ready to uh, pursue the opportunity. So cleaning up that, seeing him come to our team, that would be a good addition. The guy, like you all mentioned the word, nasty. He yep. gets nasty on offense, man. And, uh, <laughs> and, and seriously, the way he blocks, the way he put guys down, man, the way he actually extend plays. I mean, as far as, you know, being able to hold guys for an extensive part of the play, I think that makes good. Because I think for him, he's very good when it comes down to um, passing. When you come down to passing plays, he's very good at that, man, and blocking. And I, I think with him, you get a good one. So for me, I will not be shocked if the Bears decide to go that route. But we'll see what, they, what the position they decide to go in. But the thing is, that part, offensive tackle, we already know that's our, one of our areas of opportunity. So a guy like him can definitely come in and give us a boost. Yeah, I agree with that assessment, man, because even though, to your point, that we made a few small signings on the offensive line, I still think that we got to get a tackle here, whether it's the first round or the second round. But Jenkins is somebody that I really, really have come to love 
from watching this tape. And one of the things that I want our audience to think about with this kid, even though he basically is a right tackle, he played guard as well during his junior season in college. Right. And as A-Dub mentioned, the nasty, pummeling guys, I mean, the, he just brings an edge. And I think that that is something that we don't have enough of on this current offensive line, right? That would be a situation that I really would really love. A lot of people talk about the guy's strength, but he's got really impressive footwork. He's 6'7". So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. So that would be one that I would really, really be happy with. What do you think, A-Dub, about Caleb Farley? Now, he was somebody that John Chapman had originally hoped that the Niners would get the quarterback out of uh, Virginia Tech. He was high on him before the Niners traded up to three. So what are your thoughts there on uh, Caleb Farley? Man, Prez, I went back and forth with this particular guy here, man, Caleb, man. This guy is really good, Prez. Cornerback, we already lost, but I think the silly-wise of it is that, wow, that is amazing, an all-star caliber, I mean, Pro Bowl caliber cornerbacks out there that can cover almost any of these top weapons out there that we're going against. Packers, whoever, right? These guys can, can, can hang in there and can, can do the job. Absolutely. No, great, great point there. The next guy that I think that could be a potential target for the Bears at 20 is Christian Derisau. That's the offensive uh-huh. tackle for Virginia Tech. What are your thoughts there on Christian? I like him, Press. I do think he can come in and do the job as well. What I like about him, really, man, is uh, when it comes down to um, blocking you know, the run, I mean, I'll tell you one thing, our running back Montgomery would love him because <laughs> that guy gets dirty. He gets down, man. He gets grimy. So he does bring an element to the game, especially in our run. So I think for that standpoint, Press, he really can't move him. I mean, from what I see in college level, the guy moves his feet pretty good. He's stationary. It's hard to, to, to run through him. So I do like the idea of having him, man. But a guy like him could definitely be someone who can help us out. And I like what he brings to the table as well. And again, he's tough too, man. He's a tough guy, physical too, on that line. So I can see him being a number 20 pick as well if we can't get the other guy. Yeah, the one thing too, when you look at Derrissa, his ideal role in the NFL is going to be at left tackle. And he's going to be really good for the type of scheme that we have here in Chicago. So mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. When you mentioned with Montgomery, this is a kid right here that could basically plug in right at that left tackle position when maybe the team moves away from Charles Leto maybe next season, right? So right, right. you got a guy like this. I agree with the fact that the guy's mobile. I think he checks a lot of boxes, though, when you think about what you look for in a left tackle because he's really good at pass pro, but then he also can get outside and block in a run game. So I think that right. his ability to pull – is going to be really good with basically him helping to set up holes for Montgomery in space and getting him out there in the open. And the thing that I really liked about Derisal when we look back on his college career was he started as a true freshman at Virginia Tech. That's huge. And yeah, and so every season in college, his game just got better and better. So this is a guy right here, fans, if you're listening to this, he would be a great person to have at that left tackle position. And you guys all know how I feel about Charles Leno. As soon as we can upgrade from that position to left tackle, I want us to do so. ASAP. (laughs) Seriously, no. ASAP. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) But the thing is, people might knock him a little bit on some couple things, Perez. I've seen on video with him struggling a little bit when it came down to blitzes. So that's something he can still learn and get better at with reason. You know, and you got somebody commanding the um, offensive line that would just kind of like help him out with that part of it. I think that would be a good solution for him. But I think there's still some development with them as well. Yeah, so we'll see. But I, I definitely uh, I definitely like 
uh, a lot of what he brings to the table. You never know. But that's another potential option. So, I agree. Wide receiver Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. He's another guy that we've kind of looked at and said he could be another potential fit at wide receiver. So, A-Dub, we brought up earlier in the discussion, we're locked in at one and two with Mooney and Robinson. Right. But a guy like Bateman, though, could come in here. That could be somebody in the future that maybe can replace an A-Rob if A-Rob leaves us in free agency next offseason. But what are your thoughts there with uh, Rashad Bateman? Man, you know what, Prez? I like him, man. He can really play. And the thing is, I like his route running. I like his hands. Pretty much, he can catch almost anything, really. The ball doesn't have to be perfect going throw to him, Prez. It doesn't have to be. So if you make a mistake, the guy can go get it. That's one thing I like about him, man. But I do like his speed. Got some solid speed there. I mean, the guy can, can handle his own. He can take the physicality. So that's one of those guys I can say, you know what, can come in to definitely um, be a factor, really. He's a guy you can say, no, he's an X factor because you don't know what you're going to get, really, because a lot of people are not looking at him like that, but coming in and producing right away. But I think he's one of those guys who can do it. So if you ask me, friends, this, this one move here, man, would not shock me by the Bears, man, if they would have got somebody like him. Because guess what? We're going to need a wide receiver regardless. And I think if you want somebody who can make an impact, instant impact, he may be one of those guys who can do that. So for me, I like what he brings. I like, again, physicality part of it. The guy doesn't shy away. And I like the fact that he can catch some amazing catches, man. You like those explosive plays, so he can do that. You pretty much hit on the main points with this guy. I look at him and I say, he's got a lot of ability, and I think that he could be, in the future, in the NFL, I think he could be a guy that we could see that could be a, a Pro Bowl type of talent. One of the things that you mentioned, his college career, he displayed a nice skill set, really good ball skills, but he's tough as hell. and. I feel like he does a lot of things well. The only issue that I have with him is just the height. He's only 6'1". He's not going to beat you with his speed. So those are one of the things. Even though he's smooth out of his breaks, but that's just one thing that just kind of concerns me. But other than that, man, he he could be a great number two receiver, I think, in the NFL. I mean, there's been some really good number twos that have gone on to be pro bowlers, that have gone on to make really good money for themselves. So I don't know. But I really like what he could potentially bring to this team. And if he were to come here, then you could move a Mooney to the slot. Yeah, I get your point, Perez, but I looked at him more of a slot. <laughs> um, I mean, he's, he's pretty short, right, Perez? I mean, that's not a, I mean, he's not a big guy. He really not. I looked at him more of a guy who can pretty much spend more of his time in the slot area because to me, a guy like him, the way he runs, it suits him more to have them on the outside, really. But again, I can see the Bears, they could probably use him on the outside as well. But to me, I would think that for him, more of a slot type receiver than anything else. Yeah, so I don't know, man. We'll we'll see. But so when I think of a slot guy, I think of somebody like the way that, that Miller plays, the way that Moody plays. One of those guys yeah. that could just plant and go. They could go zero yep. to sixty, right? Yes. So now with with Bateman though, he kind of to me feels more of like a slower version of A Rob. And I'm he not is. trying to take shots at A Rob, <laughs> but that's right, kind right. of what I see because A Rob is six three, I believe. So yeah, you know, something along those lines, but. Yeah, Bateman, though, I think he could be really, really good. One thing, though, so since we brought up the slot, there's another wide receiver that could be on the radar, and that is Tony from Florida. So uh, Kadarius Tony. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts there on him, the receiver from uh, Florida? I think he'll probably be more suited for us than, than, <laughs> um, than Bateman because I think um, Tony, man, I mean, I think he's faster, too. I think Tony's faster. Definitely has the moves, man. You talk about double moves, triple moves. He can do that, man. And then I like his also his quick first step, Perez. I think he has a better first step. You look at Tony. You watch him closely. The guy can get open pretty quickly, Perez. The thing is, can he sustain that? I don't know. But when he makes that first move, he's there. He's already there. 
So I like the fact that he can, I mean, he can mix it up. He can go inside, outside, you know, and a guy like him, man, definitely has some good hands as well. So you wonder like, okay, Tony, he's a guy I say, you know what, that I probably will be more thinking that the Bears may go out there more so than Bateman. I think when I look at Tony, we, you got two different type of receivers. Yep. So Tony to me is more of that, I think, traditional slot guy. And think about it like this. The guy is smooth. Mm-hmm. He's got freakish athleticism, great body control, and he can break tackles. And that's yep. a guy that when you get him the ball in open space, it can be game over. One thing that I want our listeners, though, to think about with this kid is he made really good strides last year as a receiver because he did. His, his first couple years in college, he kind of was up and down, had some injury issues. But the thing that I really liked about him last year was he had a feature role there in Florida and he really had a good season from it. Right. right. So the one thing, though, I would say is that his route tree is a little limited. So when he was in college, he mostly won his matchup on like little slant and quick little jerk routes, right? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So obviously, as a dub mentioned, he has that speed component. But this kid to me is a primary slot type of guy underneath route runner that can basically open things up for the other receivers on the team. So he's a guy that I think if he dropped to 20, I wouldn't mind him coming to Chicago. Yeah, and, and, and with that, Perez, the one thing I like about him, though, man, is, is when he catch the ball, the yards he can get after the catch. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that's why I look at him more, right? Because you're right. You mentioned the slot thing, right? That's what you look for in your slots. When they catch the ball, can pick up yardage. And I think Tony fits that bill for me to say, okay, once you catch the ball, you know this guy going to go. <laughs> He's going to make guys miss. He's going to do everything he can to get those extra yards. So that's why I like for him that, hey, a guy can come in and can do those kind of things. Absolutely, man. So we'll definitely see there. There's two more guys I want to touch on. The first of these last two is the quarterback that we mentioned on the show last week, Greg Newsom for Northwestern. He was someone that's had a little bit of an injury history there in college. He's missed 14 games over his three-year career, but he's someone that I was pretty high on. What were your thoughts there? Because I don't remember necessarily what you thought about him from our conversation from last week. I think Greg Newsom is solid, Prez. I haven't seen him go against that really hardcore elite competition like that to see what, what he's really made of, right? I can't question the guy hard. I'm never going to do that. But the guy seems tough for us from the games I saw. I mean, the guy can throw it. He has some accuracy to him. But for me, he won't be a guy who will say, you know, we can come in and, and do something right away. He's going to need some development. I still see that part of it with the reads, playmaking ability, still can improve in that area. But I think also decision-making. So sometimes he'll throw it, get too, ha- too trigger-happy at times, frames and make some mistakes. But I still look at him from a decision-making that still needs to improve. But overall, I like his frame. I like it's the fact that he can still go, you know? So I'm looking at it from that perspective. No, that's that's total fair. I think for me, and I didn't bring this part up last week, but one of the things that I failed to mention about him is in addition to the fact that I thought he was a scheme fit, whether you basically going to run zone or man-to-man, he's right. really impressive change of direction skills. I really like that. Very he does. Fluid, yeah, very fluid athlete, and I really like that. So the fact that I think Awareness-wise, he would be really good at NFL because of those type of insta- instincts that mm-hmm. he may have. And also, he's got the height that you want as a quarter. The only, only drawback that I have on him, outside of the injury durability issues, right, is mm-hmm. the fact that his build is a little more later, right? So one of the things that's going to have to happen with him when he gets to the NFL level is they're going to have to basically add some strength and bulk to his, his build. So mm-hmm. because if they don't, 
that he's not going to be able to play and press or man coverage. Because right. that's something that he hardly did at Northwestern. So I just wanted to just make sure that we brought that point up. You're right, Chris. I think you're right. The injuries does matter. You know that, right? You don't want a quarterback to get hits right away and he's done. You got to build the body up for sure. But yeah, he, he definitely, man, I, I do like him, Perez, but we also see that, that there's some development that's needed as well. So I think with him, could see him with the Bears potentially. We'll definitely see what happens there. The last guy that I wanted to touch on, and this is somebody that Montel mentioned last week on the show, yep. who he thought would be one of the Bears' top picks in this draft, and it's Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. And I believe he had Kellen Mond going in the second round. I think that there's potential that Kellen Mond could be a sneaky end of the first round draft pick. What are your thoughts there hmm. on Kellen Mond? You know, Kellen Mond, man, is, is a quarterback to me, you know, um, who I think could potentially go in the first round. He could, Press a late first round pick. He could be. It's a second round. The guy has uh, some skill set. I like his skills. He's actually mechanically sound. People don't give him enough credit for that part of it. He makes some pretty good throws as well. The thing is with him, you do question a little bit of his decision-making at times. You do question it, but you don't question too much of his accuracy because the guy can throw it. When he's cooking, Perez, he's cooking. He really is. So he's a guy who I like the fact that can get, get high. When he gets high, man, he's on the money. When he gets under pressure a little bit, that's when you start to see some of his flaws, right? What can he do? Can he really run out the, run out the backfield and make accurate throws? And that's the area that I've seen that he can clean up a little bit better in. So, uh, again, wherever he goes, I think that's one of the, they're going to play, play close attention to that part of his game and help him develop in, in, that, in that area. So, for me, I like him. I still think, still think there's some development there for him. Yeah, I, I agree with you as well on that. The one thing, though, that, that came out, I saw where Jimbo Fisher said that there's at least 10 teams that have spoken to Kellamon about basically coming to their team. So mm -hmm. it seems like the buzz and interest in him is starting to build. And that's the perfect storm because that's what you want as a player. You want that closer to the draft where your stock is at its highest. Yes. The one knock that I have on his game, in, in addition to the development piece that you brought up, is when you look at him on tape, there's a lot that he does well, but yes. he doesn't, but he doesn't throw the deep ball well. And that's mm -hmm. something for me that kind of concerns me. You know, especially you think about coming here to Chicago. We have a deep target at Darnell Moody. We're also going to have Goodwin coming in here. We need somebody that's going to be able to get these guys the ball when they get open down the field. And so right. whether that's, you know, this season or next season, we got to have a guy that can connect because in this NFL, you can't leave points on the field. Right. That's true. The point is, Press, your point, he won't have a problem throwing A-Rob at all. <laughs> Wouldn't be an issue. It's those other guys who want to see if he can connect with. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So with that being said, audience, those are our list of six guys that we think are the targets that the Bears will make there at 20 if they don't move up in this draft. If they move up in the draft, then who the hell knows what they're going to do? Me and A-Dub got another bet that we basically have made on the side here where on the next week's show, we're going to give our prediction on who the Bears are going to draft at 20. The terms of that bet and also who that selection will be will be announced on next week's show. So stay tuned for that. Also, A-Dub and I are going to be hosting a Bears draft party or draft night. So the NFL draft is April 29th at 7 p.m. So if anyone wants to participate in that draft party with us on Zoom, first come, first serve, just basically message us on our Twitter DM or our Instagram DM. And as soon as you guys let us know you want to get in there, we'll get you added to that VIP list. Hey, Dub, I look forward to that. I think that's going to be fun. I always love chopping it up with our fans. We haven't done that in a while over Zoom since we've done the trivia. So this will be kind of right. cool. I'm looking forward to it, Perez. It'll be good to interact with, uh, with everyone who's tuning into our show. It'll be a pleasure to have you guys join us. And um, 
I'm looking forward to it. I know Perez excited, so definitely, you guys, come and join us. We're looking forward to it. Yes, sir. You heard that, man. Without further ado, man, A-Dub, dope-ass show, and we are out. Gone to sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Very Centers Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this podcast. Bears Nation, come down with us. Hey.